Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, I hope you're well. I hope you're good. I hope everything is fine with you, wherever you may be. So today I'm just going to be talking about... um, I'm going to be talking about... Actually... I, I don't actually I'm going to be talking about the gospel the fact that God is the Bible says that Jesus is coming back again I wanted to actually sing a song at the beginning you know it goes he's coming back again my Lord is coming back again he went away and promised that he's coming back again he's coming back again my Lord is coming back again Oh, glory, hallelujah, he's coming back again. And, you know, it's, you know, there's just, it's, I find it really freaky that we don't even talk about the coming back of the Lord, the return of the Lord again. And I wonder, you know, we, we spend so much time and energy, at least, you know, within my environment, I don't know how it is, wherever you may be. In my environment, um, we spend so much time, and by the way, if this is your first time on this podcast, this is a daily podcast where we talk about faith, life, and love in the context of um, Christ, and I, I share my experience as a Christian and try to make sense of you know, the scripture in the context of modern life today. I read the Bible and, you know, I, I just talk about, you know, I just talk about my, my, my faith, my life and the things that I've experienced, my struggles and how God is helping me through them. Um, a lot of it is just my personal reflections, things that I would have talked about to myself in any case, but which I am now, you know, I, 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 I record and I share, you know, what I'm saying. So, and sometimes um, God uses it to, to, to speak to me, in fact, all the time, many times. So this is very much a therapeutic process for me. It's part of my spiritual growth and formation journey. And I think God uses it as well to also speak to others at different points in time. So if you're here today, I believe that it's God that brought you here. Um, This is not a mainstream podcast. Neither is it promoted. Neither is it done for profit or anything like that or for money. Um, It is purely about seeking God and, you know, food for the soul. And this, yeah, that's it. And just helping us in our ongoing journey of trying to know God, to be you know, used by him, um, for God to heal us of any pain and sorrow that we may have experienced, for us to be broken before him and healed in spirit and in truth from all that, you know, wants to destroy us or, or break us and and that, you know, that we find our life's purpose in him. Um, that's really the journey that I think a lot of us are on and it helps when we share and we talk and we meditate on his word, God, his word, uh, our experience, our testimony of Christ, because it not only helps us, but it also helps others who may also be going through similar stuff and who will be encouraged by those words um, in Jesus' name. So thank you for being here, and I pray that this will be a special episode for you as well in Jesus' name, and that God will use it to perform his work in your life, and his name will be glorified. He will give you joy and peace, fulfillment, strength, courage, hope, and that every doubt, everything that has come against you in recent years will be removed by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
So recently I was reading, in fact this weekend, I was reading the book of Thessalonians, the second chapter, the second book of Thessalonians, there are two books, and um, I actually had read the first one, I'd read the second one, so it's part of my Bible study program on my, the theological program that I am on, and um, if you are a, you're someone who's been listening to the last three, few podcasts, you know that I started a, a Bible program this year. So I was reading Thessalonians, and in those books, there's a lot of conversation around the fact that Jesus is coming back. In fact, that was a really strong theme for that church, you know, there. They were, I, I, I think they were, it was just a strong theme. For some reason, Paul spoke more about that to that church than he did in other, in the epistles to other churches. I don't even recall him mentioning it in Romans or Ephesians, it was more about who you are in Christ, Christ is risen, you know, ministry gifts, things like that. But here, even in Colossians, perhaps some reference, but in these two books, a lot about the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And when I was reading it, it was like I was reading it for the first time. Whereas I know I have read the New Testament from cover to cover several times so i have read this before but the fact that it felt so new to me made me realize that i have it's either i've not read it in recent times i have my bible study meditation or even sermons i have listened to has not touched on any of these verses or it's not been enough for it to catch my attention in any way it's not been a theme of my life in any way and that is shocking because as I read it, and you see the good thing about reading the Bible, when you, 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 you are on a Bible study program, whether by yourself or in a course or a training or a class or whatever, is that it helps you to build, you know, it's almost like a story. You're able to take the context of the, the, chapter, the, the, the subsequent chapters based on what you read before then, you know, it's, as opposed to when you're just jumping from chapters to chapter. So because now I have been reading from the book of Acts all the way down. I, this is jumping out at me as a theme that was is not wasn't as wasn't discussed in depth as it is in these two books, and it's 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 also making me realize that the gospel, the the fullness of the gospel. Like when you, you I don't know if you are aware of the term full gospel, but the fullness of of the gospel is about Jesus Christ came, he died for us, he rose. Um, through him we now have access by faith into the grace of God we are saved by him faith in him brings us to reconcile us with the father um, he's gone back to heaven to be at the right hand of the father he's ever living to make intercession for us he went back to the father to send the holy ghost back to us so that we can be ministers and witnesses of him and walk in his power while on earth so we still have the power of the godhead with us even though jesus is not physically present but the concluding part of it is that Jesus is coming back. That gospel is not complete until you talk about the return of Christ. That he's coming, he's coming in brightness and glory. The whole earth will see it. He will come with his angels and he will come with the saints. That is what this book of Thessalonians talks about. Then he will come to judge the, the wicked, the evil one, all those who do not obey the gospel and all those who are enemies of Christ. 
So all of that, that's the full gospel. But for some reason, we've ended it at Holy Spirit has come here to come and help us with life on earth. So we don't talk about the return. And there's just something really... I, 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 so I have a theory. I think that the reason why we... And when I say we, I mean the, moder, the modern church, mainstream church. Because I do see that the conservative churches... Um, talk about it i'm not too sure about the orthodox churches you know like the protestant churches but charismatics these days they hardly ever talk about it i mean i i i I, please i don't know go and listen to any tip they don't talk about it they don't they don't they in fact the church i think one of the problems with with, that we have now is we're so focused on being successful on earth (laughs) so it's it's really really curious you know I honestly think that we've been, you know, the Bible describes Satan as the deceiver who deceives the whole world. You, you know, there's some, sometimes the Bible uses very strong language. And I think sometimes there's a tendency for us to think that that was just, you know, Old Testament people, or you know, people from many years back. It was just the way they spoke then, you know, today we wouldn't say it that way. I, 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 I don't think so. I, I think that. I think the authors of the Bible, because there were many of them, of what is known today as the Bible, the Holy Bible, I think they were deliberate and intentional in their choice of language and use of words. And it was to, in whenever strong language was used, it was because strong language was required. It wasn't because the author just felt like using it, that was his own personal literary, literary style of writing. It was because that was what the meaning they wanted to convey required the use of that language the bible describes satan as the one that deceives the whole world you know what it means to deceive an entire planet and not just a planet of seven billion today i mean every generation of seven billion from the god knows when the earth began to deceive a whole planet it's very difficult to deceive a nation. I mean, we see that with political leaders who try. You can gaslight, you can do whatever you like. You will still have opposition. There is no leader on the planet that doesn't have opposition from people who do not believe what he or she is saying. And they choose to represent an independent view. There are also people who pretend to believe, but they do not believe. But the Bible tells us that this Satan deceives. So in other words, the entire world system is under the grip, the mind-blinding grip of the enemy. And we can see it in the world around us. I mean, you look at the man in Russia who decided that it was a good idea to just wake up one morning and roll in tanks and do the unthinkable. And it, it makes sense. I mean, I can't even imagine his gathering. <laughs> and then there's some people even supported that as well. He, I am, I, I believe he's fully convinced in the rightness of his actions. But he's sincerely wrong. So I also, as I muse, and you know, like I always say on these musings, this is me reflecting. This is these are the thoughts that. What God makes me do on these things is to reflect aloud and to have a conversation. And I 
I realize I'm now realizing that this is part of his spirit, my, my process of spiritual formation. God is using this to help me grow and learn because I'm not share. I'm not saying my thoughts are, I'm, this is not about, this is not teaching. This is not preaching. This is just me reflecting. And which is why I have these pauses in between as I'm speaking because I'm, I'm 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 really just reflecting and thinking and I'm like, wow. So I I I believe I think and I I suspect I think even the church has been deceived to some extent. The mainstream church, in this regard, I think we don't the fact that we don't preach and teach about the return of Christ as much as we teach and preach about self-help, self-motivation, prosperity, and how God can help you solve all your problems, that is a major red flag. Why? Because it shows that we are beginning to build our empire on this earth. We are beginning to see this place as our home. We are beginning to not look for the appearing of the Lord. In fact, in the day of the apostles, they kept waiting for the coming of the return of the Lord as though it was um coming very soon and what this thing does because there's a scripture that says everybody that has this hope in himself or his or herself purifies himself i believe that because when you know when um charismatic christianity the whole born again thing came to my home country nigeria we were we also had that mind and it helped us in terms of a consciousness of how to live and a discipline of christianity because we believe that the lord could return at any time now, nobody thinks the Lord is coming. In fact, I think if the Lord comes today, the Christians will probably be the most surprised. <laughs> because they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't want him to come. The Christians don't want Jesus to come, to return. And that is the deception of the enemy. We, 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 we want to have achieved all the things we want to achieve on earth before Christ returns. We're not praying for his, we're not longing for his return. Even upon all the evil going on on the earth. When I think of them, when we used to actually, so we had songs like, he's coming back again, my Lord is coming back again. He went away and promised that he's coming back again. We had those songs because it was a consolation for us. I don't see anybody being consoled now by the fact that Jesus is returning. It means nothing to us. That is extremely worrisome. And, you know, so when I started reading all of this, I was like, it's true. This, this is what the Bible says about Jesus' coming. And I want to read the scripture. So 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse, um, I think it starts from verse, let me start from verse 6. It says, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you and to you who are troubled rest with us when the lord jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that do not know god and that do not obey the gospel of our lord jesus christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come verse 10 to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day so he talks about the day of the lord when christ will come in the glory of his power and he's going to take vengeance on all them that do not know god he talks about this throughout that chapter you know he talks about the you know the fact that god would the lord would destroy the wicked one 
with the brightness of his coming that is in um, second chapter verse 8 so he keeps referring to this throughout thessalonians in the first book and in the second one i won't read everything it was a really strong theme and of course we see that also first corinthians 15 spoke a little bit about about that as well when he talked about how our bodies will be changed you will see him like he is corruptible we take on incorruptible body all of that i am just perplexed that we don't there's no preaching about that anymore in fact we have been socialized christians have been socialized to build empires upon the earth and to take pleasure in the earth and in our possessions and life on earth just in the same way as unbelievers do there is a something really wrong with this picture and i really want all of us to reason together on this if you're a christian already and you're listening because it's important that we are aware the bible says let us not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy the reason why the devil has allowed um, charismatic leadership particularly to focus so much on life on earth is to do two things first of all to remove us stop us from looking at jesus to be less kingdom focused and more territory um territory guided and to also not patiently wait for the hope that purifies us internally and most importantly not because the bible says something like i, I don't there's a scripture that says almost something about the yearning of the church that there is a there are certain things that must happen before the end comes and part of it is that the gospel must be preached everywhere the church needs to almost be calling for the for the coming of the lord by by ushering in his kingdom yes ushering in the kingdom of god by doing all those things finishing the work that god has given us to do And of course, the enemy has vested interest in keeping us away from talking about the second coming of the Lord. Because that second coming of the Lord is going to herald his judgment. That is in effect. So, he would want us, the church, to be invested on this earth. Because Jesus is coming for a perfect church, without spots, without blemish. So, he needs to make the church as imperfect and as horrible as it, it is possible to be. And he's, he's, he's really doing, he's, he's really work, he's, do, he's working very hard. And I, my only consolation in all of this is that I remember when God always reserves to himself a remnant. So I know that regardless of what is around me, I know that there are people that the, the church of God will always be strong because Jesus, Jesus has said he will build his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ultimately, it's his, it's his church. All of us, I am just a teeny, 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 winny, 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 small member in, of the, in the body of Christ. Christ is the head. It is still his church. And he's watching over it. But he has also given his word as a warning to all of us and a, you know, a light. It's almost like, you know, like when you're in an, an airplane and there are lights on the floor. Those lights, when you're going to, it, it shows you, you know, if you want to go to the, to, the, to walk up the aisle, go to the toilet, or you want to go from one cabin to the other, you, you go in the direction of the light so that you don't hit the seats, you know, even if the airplane lights are off, you, you look at those lights, they light your path. And so you walk straight, you walk 
you walk as though it's it's you know you don't need to illumination so whatever, whatever you do you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death those lights show you where to go thank you holy spirit for that analogy so it is the word of god is given to us as a those those shining lights on our path and I'm just realizing, literally, like this weekend as I read this, that the, 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 the fullness of the gospel ends with the return of the Lord. So you, you are preaching, if I'm preaching the gospel of Christ, if I'm believing in the gospel of Christ, it's not just about Jesus coming to save me, oh, so that my life can be well, I can be healed and all that. It's about, he's going to return, he's returning. And he's coming for his church. Then I need to prepare myself. Like the, the parable of the bridegroom and, and, and the, the, the brides was you need to prepare yourself. And that's what they were talking When Jesus was talking about the, the brides who didn't have oil in their lamps, they were not ready. So in as much as we're living our lives and whatever it is we're doing, we all need to make sure we have oil in our lamps that we are ready for the coming of the Lord. And the, Jesus warned us. He said the, the, the groom tarried. When the virgins, the 14 of them, or how many, I don't remember how many they were. The, the bridegroom tarried, and he has, just like we see that, he's really tarrying now. He's tarrying. Because honestly, I think he should have, he really should have come by now. I, as really, I'm just being selfish, but yes, he really should have come. But, but he has already warned us that he's, he tarried. But because he tarried, people slept off. Some did not have enough oil. By the time the cry of the bridegroom came, it was too late. They couldn't be called in. That parable is very, very cogent for us today. Because honestly, mainstream church, many of us are not ready for the coming of the Lord. We do not have oil in our lamps. We are thinking that when the time comes, if the time comes while we are alive, we will go and either collect oil from somebody else or we will go into the market and get oil. We are not carrying in ourselves a readiness to receive Christ at all times. And I'm speaking to myself because this, in fact, this linking this to the parable of the, 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 the virgins, the Lord has just done that for me just now as I'm, 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 I'm musing. I didn't think about it. So the Lord is coming back. He's returning. As a Christian, I am supposed to expect it. I am supposed to hope for it. I am expected to pray for it. I am expected to be ready for his coming. That is the gospel. While I am part of the readiness is preaching to other people, like John the Baptist was. John the Baptist was saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And people came to him. They received his message. Anyways, I'll just leave it at that. Um, I am going to anchor my life on the word of God because I've concluded now that I will not allow the agenda of other people and things around me to drive my Christian life. If I will derail, by God's grace, I pray I will not. Let it be because I derailed myself. You know what I'm saying? I want to own the derailment by my self-will, by my whatever. Let it be me. But not that in all sincerity I was following something and then later found myself to have been led astray. That will not be my portion in Jesus' name. So, 
Paul said to all the churches, people, he, he told them, follow me as I'm a follower of Christ. That's what I'm going to be doing. I will follow those who are followers of Christ as I have seen it in the word of God. If for any reason I see that you are no longer following Christ as I see it in the word, I will, I will not follow you. But as long as you are following Christ as I am seeing it in the word of God, and as written by so many other scholars that we have seen, what is the accepted, acceptable word of God? Not based on my interpretation, but based on that which scholars before me have also said and confirmed that is the word of God. If you are following it in spirit and in truth, then I will follow you. But if you are not, I will not follow you. Because I have seen that we are in the days of sin and deceit. In fact, the deceit is worse than the sin. Because sin, when you know and find out that it is sin, you can stop, you can self-correct. But deceit, if you are under, how, how do you even, I mean, the Bible says in one place that, um, you know, God, um, that verse 11, that because they, they did not receive the love of the truth, this is um, chapter 2, verse 10, because they, and they, they did not, that's the people of the earth, they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. In other words, they rejected the gospel. That God then sent them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So that they might all be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So people who rejected the truth because they preferred the ways of darkness. So yes, a lot of people have believed a strong delusion and they're not all only people outside of the walls of the church. I think God is calling me back to his word. His word. His word. Not my word, not the word of any man, but the word of God as written in the Bible. And the challenge and the journey that I am on is learning how to relearn Christ again. His gospel again. He's coming back again. Our Lord is coming back. May he find us ready when he comes. In Jesus' name, amen.